Are you ready for managing expectations? Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60 kilo powerlifting gym owner. And each episode, we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 65, and today I have a special guest. I have my husband. <laughs> I convinced him to get on the show, and let me tell you that it's it's pretty hard to get this guy on the show. <laughs> I have to coerce him, entice him with food. Um, no, he, um, I turn to my husband a lot for... Um, for a lot of guidance when it comes to not only nutrition, but coaching. You know, he and I both are coaches um, at our gym, Core Strength and Performance. And he is not like me. I am very extroverted, if you cannot tell already. And my husband is much more, much more on the introverted side. Um, but a man of few words, but says a lot. He is joining me today and we are going to be discussing managing your expectations. And I will say this, I'm going to preface this so that we kind of go off track here and there. Um, He is very passionate about training and the benefits of resistance training. And we kind of call out a little bit of bullshit here in the industry um, that not only powerlifters see, but I feel like women in general, when it comes to fitness, we sort of see the same things that are advertised to us. Um, And I was talking to my friend, Ashley Mike, who is also one of our athletes, and we're noticing the same sort of ads being rotated over and over um, for things as waist trainers and tees. And I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. Um, And we go off on a little tangent here and there. And my husband actually drops a little bit of a like little knowledge bombs here and there that I didn't even know about. So it was really cool to kind of have these conversations um, talking about how to manage your expectations and what that looks like. So stay tuned for the whole thing because we really have fun kind of going off the track a little bit, but regrouping and really talking about some things that are going to be important um, as far as not letting um, these maybe out there expectations ruin your progress because I think that over, you know, the last 10 to 12 years that I've been doing this, I have gone up and down, up and down with my own expectations. And um, these expectations only change. They don't go away. You know, you still compare yourself um, to people, but you just compare them to other people who've been in the business longer. So uh, it's it's kind of funny, but, you know, I've learned to to not do that oh, so much better. And we talk about some techniques and things that you can do to, you know, bring yourself a little bit of a peace of mind and really enjoy the process. Remember, if you have not reviewed us yet, go to iTunes, go to Facebook, go send us a review, give a five-star rating and let us know what you want to hear. I love when you all reach out to me. So if you're on Instagram, um, I just started a TikTok I know who am I, Um, I, but I am going to be posting a little bit more there. But please, if you are listening to the show and you are enjoying it, snapshot it, uh, snapshot it, take a snapshot, Uh, take a picture and send it to me or put it in your story and I will share it. I love hearing how the show has helped you and how our guests um, are helping you become stronger powerlifters, both physically and mentally. Now, let's get it started with my husband, Devin, and managing your expectations. 
So today you and I are going to talk about managing expectations and what that looks like for everybody, I guess, mostly the people that we interact with. Um, and what are some big things that maybe you, some of the things that you recognize and you see and that over the years you feel like people could learn as far as expectations? Uh, so yeah, so for managing expectations, I think some of the crucial things is like understanding where you're coming from. Like the, the a lot of people like think they need to like jump in and like cheer all their physical ailments or like their you know their bad habits that they've spent their lifetime creating like immediately. Like I have to change my fridge. I have to start working out seven days a week. I have to you know like be crushing all my workouts and don't eat carbs and go paleo, but make sure you're only eating cabbage or I don't know, <laughs> wear a waist trainer and thigh trainers and, and, you know, take fit tea and, you know, they, they do all these absurd things, that, you know, and it's not their fault, honestly, because the, the fitness community is just full of so-called experts. They're there to make a dollar for people. Or from people. So, like, you know, like, the people who sell you fit tea don't care about your health. (laughs) Like, let's be real. I I don't care. Maybe I should. I don't know if I can say brands on your podcast. The people who sell nonsense teas, (laughs) like, they don't care about your health. People who sell you a waist trainer don't care about your health or they're not educated enough to not really know what's going on. And those are two questions you really kind of need to ask. Like, why am I wearing this waist trainer? Why am I wearing thigh trainers? Why... Am I trying to lengthen my muscles for some reason, which have insertion and origin points and they're kind of along with your skeleton? Like, so there's, there's marketing to go to trick people into this, yeah. you know? And, and really it's like, if you really want to know the research, what you should do is lift weights because there's a thing called sarcopenia, which is the deterioration of muscle um, as you age. And so that's when people like fall down and break a hip and they die. Because they don't have muscle to support. That's right. So it's it's honestly like if there's one thing you need to do, it's lift weights. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there, full disclosure, like I am biased. I love lifting weights. <laughs> but I also um, have read some research, not all of it. And you know, I'm not one of those people who claim to have read it all. I do try to find what's out there outside of what I like to kind of like challenge my biases. But there's nothing there's no research that says if you lift weights, it's bad for you. So, um, so yeah, so lifting weights and it's less than people think like there's a, there's a researcher, uh, Dr. Ben house that he, I, I love his stuff, but like he's, he cites research and there's support for lifting really hard one day a week being enough for most people. Really? Yes. One day a week. Yeah. And so like for, for resistance training now, right. like the more trained you are, the more, but like, Let's be real. Most people aren't trained at all. Right. So when you're like, I can't make the gym. I'm like, I'm sure you have an hour a day. A yeah. Week. A week. You know, like, right. You don't even need an hour. It's something down like a five sets, five hard sets. Wow. So it's not even like what we would consider a real workout. Right. right. You know, like, but what happens is people like me and others who have trained their whole lives are like, well, three sets of 10 to 12 if you're <laughs> bodybuilding. And if you want to do like strength training, let's bring it down to doubles or triples. <laughs> You know, and like, do we have some of our people do that? Yes. Like, you know, realistically, I have a, people come and want to power lift and they pay me to power lift. And my job as a coach is to make that happen. 
Yeah. You know, but like sometimes they're like, well, shouldn't I do more? And like, man, but you're like really at the beginning stage of like, so no, you shouldn't do more. So you would say that, and I would say the same thing that one of the, probably the key things is to your expectation should not be that more is necessarily more, or you need to do everything in order to see some you know, progress right away. I would say the expectation is you took a lifetime of consistent poor habits. Right. You know, like, yeah. so manage your expectations. It's going to take something around how long you've been eating bad, not working out to turn some of that around. Right. You know, so if you've been 30 years of sitting on your butt, not lifting a weight, not walking, not doing anything, eating Cheetos and whatever, like, sure. Like, it's going to take you a few years to get to get out of that. Yeah. Like, for one, you have to talk about your environment. Mm-hmm. Like, are you committed enough to change your environment? Because if you're not, like, manage your expectations. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to change what you have in your home, who you surround yourself with and those types of things, like, your results will be a little slower. Yeah. But, like, for me, like, it's one of those things, like, I'd rather eat my cookies on the weekend and not have a six pack. Yeah. Like quality of life matters. <laughs> right. Like I enjoy baking and cooking. Like are there fitness people around me who are like, but you should have abs. Like, yeah, yeah but they can also kiss my ass. Like <laughs> they eat garbage food, you know? Like, <laughs> so like, I'm like, I know. Well, we don't eat garbage food in our house. Like it's definitely, you know, no, like they, I know what you mean. Like they, they just, like, they're like, they're like chicken and broccoli. Broccoli and, and like, asparagus. Nobody and, wants that. No. Like nobody wants to live that life. And so like, one thing I pride ourselves on is we, I think we're a little bit more realistic in touch with people yeah. with a lifestyle yeah. and, you know, so, but we manage those expectations. Like, I know I'm not going to have abs yeah, and I'm okay with that. Like I came to terms with that. Like I know I'm not gonna be the strongest guy on the planet because I'm just not dedicated to lifting that hard anymore. Right. You know, like, so I made these decisions and I, and now I know like at the end of the day when I look, I'm like, man, why am I not that strong? I'm like, oh yeah, not really working out that hard. <laughs> you know, like I'd rather... Like, I'm lifting weights, and I'm like, but what can I cook this weekend? So I think that's one of it. So, if and you know, we're not really going down a list of things, but if there was a list of things, I would say it's a realistic or not a realistic expectation, but taking a look at what your life is now. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not what it was when you were 20, right? When you were 20, yeah. you were probably getting after it, thinking like, oh, I can be strong and big and all these things. But now looking at what you're willing to give up and what you're not willing to give up. Yeah. And I think that's a big, a big thing that people miss. It's like, I'm not willing to give up um, spending time with my family or spending a few hours at the gym, which some people do. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I yeah. know that I might not be as strong as I was before, but to me, that's a realistic expectation of where I'm at right now. And also like, like your, your results can vary. Like there's things where people say like, you don't want to lose your weight fast because like if you lose it fast, you'll gain it back faster. And the issue with that, it's not, that's not actually hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Like what happens is when people gain it back faster, it's because they do trendy things and they didn't establish a good baseline, but there's research that supports losing weight fast. Those people maintain it like better. They lose more weight because they're motivated. They, right. they, they've seen results, but also like say you're 400 pounds and I'm like, lose a pound a week. Yeah. Or you can lose 50 and we can get you 50 off. There's a big difference between 350 and 400 pounds. Yeah. You know, like you're going to be able to do more. Mm-hmm. So looking at the individual now, like a 150 pound person losing 50 pounds may not be, you're talking about 30, 33% of their body. Yeah. But like when someone's like dangerously obese, it may be in their benefit to lose a lot of weight because then they can do more. But are we, how are you addressing your habits? Right. How are you addressing the things? And also like, um, 
Are you lifting weights? Because if you're not lifting weights and you lose weight, like you can, something like 25 to 33% or some, don't quote me on statistics right now, <laughs> but it's roughly between 25 and 35% of okay. the, of the weight loss is muscle. So the way we look at it is if you weighed a hundred pounds and we're throwing that number out there and you lost 10 pounds and you didn't lift weights, you would lose two and a half to three and a half pounds of muscle. Wow. Now there's water associated with that 10 pounds also. Right, right. So we'd say, let's just say it's like a pound per, you know, so we'd say five to what, seven pounds of that is muscle related weight. Mm-hmm. And you lose, you know, what, five to three pounds of, or three to five pounds of fat. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not resistance training, cool, you're down 10 pounds. But if you're like most people, you're going to gain that weight back. Yeah. So now when you gain that weight back, those five to seven pounds are muscle related. Now they're fat related. So now you're a hundred pounds, but you're fatter. And that's why resistance training is important. Yeah. Because like you can say, I'm not going to gain the weight back, but like 90 plus percent of the people out there gain the weight back. Yeah. And you might be the exception, but wouldn't you be better prepared if you weren't? Like you'll have more muscle on your body. You'll have a better physique. You'll better have a better body composition. You'll have better blood markers. All these other things will be better. So like managing that expectation, like what's really happening when you are doing your weight loss and which weight loss strategy is best for you. Like, so kind of going going off track with this. There's so many things (laughs) to talk about with it, but you know, like managing expectations in line with the coach you hire, you know, like if you hire a cardio based coach, you're probably going to do cardio because they probably don't know too much about lifting weights. Like I've done courses on, you know, cardio at like a conditioning certified coach or whatever, you know, like we don't do cardio. And so I have very little practical application of it. And like, even if someone was like, Hey, I want to do a cardio based sport, but I'm not your coach. I don't want to coach that, yeah. you know? So like, you know, if someone wants to get stronger and put on muscle, we, we do that. So like understanding what your coach does, is it in line with how you want to train, which is, is that in line with your goals? And if it is, then you know, you can change your expectations. But if you're like, hey, I want to do a marathon and you come to me, manage those expectations that you might not do great in that marathon because yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best marathon coach. Right. So make sure your coach is in line. If you have somebody who's only training you in circuits and hit training, I hate saying it, but odds are they don't really know a lot of what they're doing if that's all they're doing. Right. right. You know, so manage your expectations on like, what are you doing? Right. Like the results you can get and the limitations in their coaching ability to change things up and get you to where you need to be. I will say that part of that is also your expectations on um, what the process is. Mm-hmm. And that might not always look like a PR every month or going for a max or hitting these things when we're talking about powerlifting. I think a lot of people are under certain misconceptions. And that, that is like you need to know. How does your coach train if you are hiring a coach? Like, what does that look like long term for the year up up until your meet? Does that mean you're going to be doing, you know, threes and fives a lot of or are you going to be <clears throat> squatting every week or twice a week? You know, these are all things that will help you kind of better understand where the end goal is and for your expectation. Yeah. like So if, if you're looking at the process, like if you're not going to listen to your coach, don't hire one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time and you're also wasting your coach's time. Yeah. Because contrary to popular belief, we kind of care about your results. Yeah. <laughs> like for two reasons. And like full disclosure, we care about your results because your results are also our selling points. Mm-hmm. Like we use you to market. So if you don't do what we say, we can't market you as a person because if you're getting crappy results, we don't want to be like, look at my crappy athlete. Yeah. Like it is what, you know, like, and that, that might sound like kind of crummy, but like 
we're a results-based I mean, business. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, what like, we do. It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't hire somebody who didn't give their athletes yeah. what they, I mean, they, if they didn't PR, if they didn't do better, yeah. you wouldn't want to turn to them. So like, and the, that is a reflection like, of us. But you're hiring them to help you get to a place. Yeah. Like, if you think you know it all, then figure it out on your own. You know, like, because like, I was, I, from, from my point of view, there's nothing more frustrating than you're trying to help somebody and you're like, they're like, oh, I want to power lift. And then they're like, well, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I ran a marathon. Like, why? <laughs> like, they're completely different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, there is, and there is a spectrum of strength to, to endurance. Like, yeah. And there is a point in which they, they diminish from each other. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing? And right. then, like, who are you hiring? And how are they going to help you in that process? And understand, like I said, like, if you're new, you're going to see gains that you've never seen. They're going to mm-hmm. be awesome. And if you're trained, you're going to see slower gains. And if you're really trained... You, you might see some downs and ups, you yeah. know, like, so it might be, there are times I tried a new program and my deadlift, I had to start at like 50% of my max. Yeah. And I was like, why is this so hard? <laughs> and it's a different position, a different strategy. Yeah. And, and I messaged the coach and I was like, well, I'm, I'm like at 50%. And they're like, oh, that sucks. But like, this is why. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like, and so you have to check your ego, like, and we all have it. I'm in the gym by myself, hoping nobody walks in with me with this like little deadlift, being like, "Oh, that's always it's not even that little." Well, you know, like I got so in the grand scheme of, I mean, but I know what you're it's trying all to say. like relative. For me, I don't right. feel strong, right? You know, right. you might right. be like, "Oh, it's great," but yeah. for me, I'm like, like let's be real. I'm a I'm a man in a gym, and I like to be the strongest dude in my gym. Yeah, you know, like uh, granted, we are not like. A powerhouse gym. Yeah. But I'd like to be up there, you know, like as long as I'm young enough and capable enough, you know, like I have that ego. So, you know, like, and so like when I struggle with things, I'm like, at least like it to look respectable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like, but yeah, so like understanding why you're doing these things and and your coach should be able to explain that to you. Like I tell people like our members, like I want them to ask questions Mm -hmm. for one. It helps me articulate things in a way that is better understandable. Like, so like in my brain, I might be like, Thinking of how it makes sense, and I may say it to somebody, they might look confused, and I'm like, oh, I got to bring this down. Yeah, you know, and it, it's like I live in the gym, my clients don't. Yeah, you know, so like, um, so the expectation of them to have that understanding and that commitment's different. Like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they, your coach should be able to explain what you're doing, why you're doing it, and the process. So when I teach people to be stacked in positions, I take these ideas from like PRI and uh, people like Pat Davidson and. And Michelle Boland and all that, like, they have these great ideas. And when people are like, well, this doesn't look like I've seen in other powerlifting. And I'm like, well, we spend so much time extended. And I explain what extended means. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's good to work the opposite. Yeah. You know, and then, this is, and then what do people do? Their backs feel a little bit better. Their knees might feel a little bit better. And they are able to get stronger in areas that are typically weaker. In. So, but I can, I can explain our process. I can explain why we're doing a particular move that might seem silly. Or yeah. might seem weird or might seem con- contrary to what is the trend or the fad right now. And if your coach is like, well, because it's hard or because I said so or because and they sound like they don't really know what they're talking about. And they're just using big words that sound fancy. Like it's like odds are they probably don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Or they're just not a good communicator. And I would hire somebody who you can communicate with. You know, make sure that that's, that's, that's important. Like you, you want to be able to have that conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that um, one other thing we were talking about um, as well, because we do have a small list here of things that we talked about for managing expectations is 
um, adapting to injuries or being sick. And I've actually, you know, since COVID, there's a lot more people who are having long-term effects from COVID and just not even being able to be in the gym. So what do you think um, are some tips or things that we could talk about as far as adapting to injury and how to manage your expectations in that way? I think communication is important. Like don't come in and like lift and not say anything. Like, But what if the person's by themselves? Because a lot of people who listen are going to be training by themselves. Message your coach and be like, hey. I, like, so if someone messaged me and they're like, hey, like, okay, an example. One of our online people, he likes to do uh, BJJ. Um, and he was trying to do BJJ. He wanted to train three to four days a week. He wanted to improve push-ups, sit-ups, um, and a one-and-a-half-mile run, pull-ups. Um, he had no real reason. He just wanted to see yeah. if he can improve those. And yeah. like I said, when people hire me, like, my job isn't to tell you what your goals are. Yeah. If you're like, hey, I want to get stronger, but while I'm getting stronger, I'd like to improve these things. Like, cool, let's do it, man. Like, or I, I'm like, I can't do it. So, but I told him, I was like, when we're doing these things, we have to manage how much BJJ we're doing. And I gave him percentages at which to run and tempos and pers- like, because we time we got his, his, his times and we gave percentages. And then one day he was like, you know what? He went after it. And what did he do? He like pulled his Achilles. Mm. Like, um, he didn't tear it, but he, it was like, I can't remember like the severity of it, but he wasn't able to run for like six weeks. Yeah. Um, and he messaged me like, he didn't even tell me for like a week. And I was like, why aren't you doing all the leg workouts, man? And he was like, oh yeah. So he was more embarrassed to tell me that he went way off plan and hurt himself. (laughs) But like, I was like, cool, man, no worries. Like it happens. Like I get it. It I can't remember how many times I've I've ego lifted or ego done something like let me just go sprint yeah. and I haven't sprinted in a year and I pull my hamstring. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like, so it, it, it gets everybody. But like the point is if you have that, your coach should be able to be like, cool, let's like, let's make an adjustment. Yeah. You know, like we have someone in the gym and they're like, they, they, we have a lot of older population and they're trying to get surgery for injuries they've had throughout their life. And you know, they have shoulder surgery. I'm like, okay, every day's leg day. And what I mean, like we modify, but they come in two, maybe three times a week and they do low volume legs. Mm-hmm. And what that means is they don't do a bunch of sets because they're doing more frequent, more frequently. Yeah. So we, we make up with some of that volume. Yeah. So it's cumulative throughout the week, like the, the total amount they do. So, um, so it would match what they would do if they did one day a week. They right. Would distribute it to, you know, so few days. yeah. So they get more stimulus, they get more training, they keep their habit of coming to the gym, you know? So if, if you have an injury, ask your coach to help you work around it. Um, if it's bad, it's just lifting weights. Get that injury fixed. I mean, for some people, like they're like, oh, it's, it's my stress relief. It's my whatever. And there are a lot of benefits against depression and mental health and, and all these other things. But like, if you damage yourself in a way that you have to sit out for an extended period, your depression is just going to be worse because you're going to be like more severely debilitated. But you 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 have to stay out of the game longer, yeah. and your result your gains will go away. You know, like, and you have to work back up. You know, as opposed to maybe you tweak something, you go to physical therapy, get some work done, do lower lower intensity lifting to help the process recover mm-hmm. and and like minimize the the losses and the injury. So, yeah, I think that like um, I think one thing when if you're new and you've never been injured or you're just starting off like first couple of years of training and you get injured, um, that you know you you need to know that it's probably something that's going to happen to you if it hasn't already and that you know you can work around it doesn't mean that you have to quit altogether and your and your lifts might not be what they used to be 
Right. right? And they can be better. We've both, I mean, you have probably always like a, my thing that I tell people, like my husband has more bulging discs in his back probably than a normal like 80 year old. <laughs> it's probably every single one. And we've worked around so many injuries, but I think with each time that we've had injuries, um, we know that it might take a while and it is, it's part of it. It's like I had stopped squatting for a while after I had Kaimana because my hip was so bad and I would have pain all the time. So I did everything I could to work around it. And I think that's important to understand that you can still progress and still know that you will get better, but it might take a, a step back a tiny bit and you can still move forward and you have several different ways you can do it. Like what you talked about. Yeah, and even stuff like understanding the difference between pain and injury. Yeah. That's a big one. Like, you might experience pain. Pain doesn't mean an injury, though. Right. And what I mean by that is, like, they have someone put up some numbers, and it, like for like twenty percent of people in their twenties have like a bulging disc, and, right. the, and the percentages go up, and it's like seventy percent of people in their sixties have a bulging disc. But out of those those seventy percent at sixty with bulging discs have no symptoms. Right. So when people like hear these things, they're like, "Oh, I have a bulging disc. It's like a death sentence." But you're like, join the population. It's part of aging. Yeah. You know, it, there, there's there's so many, like, examples of people with something that we think is bad. Um, and it's really not. Like, it's just part of life. Like, and, you know, and there's people who are depressed who have physical pain and no injury. Right. You know, so, like, that, that's one of the things. Like, think of when you're down. How much things, like, your body seems to ache a little bit more. Like, yeah. you're, when you, maybe you didn't get enough sleep for a couple of days. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, like. That kind of doesn't feel good. My knees don't feel good. Yeah. You know, and you might be like, oh, it's going to rain or something. And like blame it on so many other things outside of like, you're just not taking care of your mental health. So yeah. knowing those and also knowing like, just because you tore your meniscus doesn't mean you need knee surgery. You know, like, right. think of who you're going to. You go to a surgeon, most things are going to be surgery unless you find a really good surgeon. Yeah. You know, like you go to someone like me, everything's going to be like, well, we can lift some weights and get stronger around there. You know, like we all have our biases. You might go to some chiropractors who be like, I just got to pop your knee 70,000 times until whatever. And then you might go to a physical therapist who roll on something, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, there's, everybody's got their biases on how they can treat it, but like they're find what works for you. Because honestly, like placebo is really strong when it comes to these rehabilitative methods. Yeah. And most people don't want to like see it, but like, once again, like research supports placebo, like, yeah. if you think your chiropractor feels good, go to your chiropractor. Yeah. You know, like, make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's, some, there's something very strong about feeling good. Yeah. So, I would just say, like, when it comes to pain, make sure you're really not injured. Um, and there's a lot of ways to check. Uh, you know, just understand, like, like it's not, uh, pain doesn't directly mean something's wrong. Like, yeah. as far as, like tissue or a bone or something you know like yeah so evaluate what you're doing and see if you can make changes to make it better you can accommodate some of it i'm no pain expert there are people who are very good with understanding pain like people like lucy hendrix is they put out very good information on on pain and, and training mm -hmm. um so you know understanding the message they, they are saying is, is super beneficial you know like and they can really help you continue to train while understanding like you're not as fragile as the world may make you think you are yeah you know I think that one expectation that I think we come across a lot, or at least I think I think we both do, is um, not maybe understanding how time, how much time is needed to get stronger or to get the results that you want. And not everybody needs something really fast, but I think that especially in the realm of powerlifting and social media 
And I say this only because a lot of people will compare somebody else who is their same age, same weight, um, and say like, well, they did it in a year or two years. Mm-hmm. Like Hunter Henderson, I had her on last, and uh, she's only been training for three years. And, yep. you know, she's the second strongest woman in the world, right? Um, but one of the expectations that I think people need to realize is that your path is going to take time. And some people may take more time than others and comparing yourself to other people's progress is not necessarily <laughs> going to be the best for your expectations. Yeah. So you have no clue what that person's doing. Right. You know, like you don't know their training method. They're dedicated. Like, let's be real. Like I saw pictures of Hunter Henderson. Yeah. yeah. And like, let's be real. Like, She's probably way more dedicated than everybody. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> why you can be like, well, people, they'll compare, like, well, this person did it. And that person probably cares a lot more about doing this and willing to make sacrifices. Yeah. But you're not. Also, like, when some of our members are like, how can you eat so many cookies? I'm like, because I take drugs. <laughs> like, it is what it is, man. Like, and you don't understand, like, so many people do. And there's a stigma, so people don't say it. Like, yeah. But, like, men and women, they there's drugs out there. There's things they can take that aren't. You know, I, I have prescribed from a doctor and I have my my stuff looked at and made sure. But I, I am on stuff, um, you know, and it's for mental and health. That, it's for mental health reasons, but it does help me physically. Right, right. And that you does know? help you in, in, for and your so, results. And, yeah. yeah. But, like, there are people who just take a bunch of drugs just to take them and be stronger, better shape, look cut, all right. those things. And right. then they'll be like, look, there's great protein in my training program that did all these results. And, sure, some of those people, the training program really helps. Yeah. You know, but some people, like... Like I said, like they're more willing to sleep. They're more willing to eat right. They're more willing to not stay up late, hang out with people. Right. Um, you have to consider all yeah. those things. Like, do they have kids at home? Because we have multiple kids, and <laughs> let's be real, they're 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 wonderful. They're a blessing, and they're exhausting. Yeah. You know, like when during the summer, like we're sitting here, like we have to we work from home. You know, we have the gym, and we work from home, and you mostly, you know, and like. And when I'm home, I'm like, hey, I just want a minute, and they're like. Hey, dad. Like, hey. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's hard. So like, those are all stressors that impact performance. They yeah. all like, you know, so uh, understanding like, where do you want to be? And it's so much easier said than done. Yeah. But what I would say is when you look at other people and if you're one of those people who draws inspiration, you can do that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't look at other people and really draw inspiration from what they do because I don't care about weights that much. Like, I like lifting, but, like, it's not, like, I don't look at someone's, like, actually, my personal Instagram has nobody who lifts weights. No, it's just a bunch of food. Yeah. You probably but have more. I draw ins- inspiration for people for food. It was going to say, more chefs. <laughs> yeah. So, when I see people, what they're cooking, I'm like, like, Chris Duffin's wife, Jackie, she's yeah, like, yeah. We, we, I've actually been able to develop a very good relationship with her just through food. Just through food. Yeah. We, we talk about it. I probably, um. outside of you, I message her more than probably anybody. And it's just, we just sold, I'm like, hey, so... Bless her patience, but she's like, I'm like, what's a puree? I'm like, and she's like, all right, so check it out. And you're like, how do I blend foods better so it's a better bite? And she's like, oh, okay. And like, you know, so like. But that, what you're trying to say. Yeah, so like drawing the inspiration. So using people to draw inspiration, I think is, sol- is solid. Yeah. Like the to see that there are people out there who can do it opens the door. Like it's something like before the the. The four-minute mile was broken. Like, right. everybody thought it was impossible. Then someone broke it. And then something, like, within six months, 12 people broke it. Yeah. It's like, once you see what's possible, like, and that's, once again, kind of goes to that mind thing. Like, yeah. once you, once everybody knows, like, you can do this, like, that door opens up and what the possibility, you know? So, I would say, like, look at the, look, enjoy that possibility. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that inspiration. Enjoy the seeing other people train hard. And 
I know tons of people who like love training montages before they lift. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to go work out, watch a YouTube training montage or an Instagram, whatever of their favorite lifter, get pumped up and go lift. Sure. Great. But their results are theirs. Yeah. Like through their effort, through their, you know, training, through all the stuff they do, you know, and yours are yours. And I think managing like where you, how much effort are you really putting forth? Yeah. I will say that another kind of tapping onto that is considering where you're starting at, like where yeah. your level is at, what your, you know, your, where your health level is beginning, where your fitness level is beginning. All those things really do matter. And when you're trying to compare to somebody else, you got to keep those things in line and understand that you might not have started off. You might have started off with no, you know, no experience. We have a Quela, for example. This is a perfect example of somebody who, um, who just started training with us at the beginning of the year. She's done fitness her whole life, but you know, she's 25 and she's amazingly strong. You know, she just started off and is amazingly strong, but underneath all of that, Quayla has been doing cheer and gymnastics since she could pretty much walk. Yeah. And she did that throughout her whole life. So did Marissa Enda. These are people who have really strong tendons and, you know, have great body awareness and they're able to catch on to things very quickly. And I think that that is something that you, when you're looking at people, you have to understand like, hey, you, you're not starting off at the same level or even at the same place. And that's fine. Yeah. But just know that that's going to affect you differently than it will affect somebody else. Yeah. I think that's like, I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very true. Like, you know, yeah. we don't, we don't look at where people come from or their childhood, the right. training they did, you know, like they might not have lifted weights, but they have a coordination and an awareness in their body to connect with movement and yeah. in order to like drive their muscles to do what they want them to do. Yeah. You know, and like where you might be like, never had that. And yeah. you put a bar on, you like, this is like a fucking brand new deer yeah. shaking their legs <laughs> and you're trying to bench and yeah. like you're just all over the place and it takes you three months just to figure out how to keep a straight bar path. Yeah. You know, so I would, I would, yeah, I think that's a, a very important point is the skill level of in the, the place in which people come in is very important. Yeah. I think, um, one thing that we're really good at is being flexible and, uh, flexibility. I think throughout all these things that we've talked about today, whether it's you're becoming injured, maybe you get a new coach, maybe you're moving or you get sick. I mean, all these things are in the back of your mind. If you're very rigid in your approach or if you're rigid in how many days you go to the gym or, you know, what a training effect should look like every day or how many days you're training in a week. Um, if you're very rigid in those areas, I think that that can weigh heavily on what you think progresses. Like I, I I think that people need to be a little bit more flexible in their approach to getting to wherever their goals are, whether that's losing weight or or trying to get stronger. Um, but I think that we've learned this over the years that, you know, you just not every week is going to be winning for me. Not every day, like not every single moment of the day I'm going to be chasing after that goal. Like, mm -hmm. I think that 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 is something that we all should kind of keep in mind. And as long as you know, from the next couple months, you're getting to closer to your goal. It might not look, uh, you know, linear. I think we just like strength yeah. is going to go up and down, up and down. Um, I, I mean, you're, I mean, you've done so many up and downs when it comes to being flexible because of your injuries, because of us moving. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, yeah. So uh, when it, when it comes to your, your training, like there, the, like fatigue is super real. So like, we all want to be motivated to work out, but you got to understand like motivation and willpower, those types of things are very short lived. Yeah. 
there are times where you have to just suck it up. Yeah. If the goal is worth it and go in there and just do a shitty workout. Yeah. Like, you know, like. And, and I've done have, that so many times. I mean, especially in this last year. So many times. You just have times. to embrace it. Yeah. You just have to say like, hey, like, today's not going to be my best day. You know, like, what can I do? And it might be like a decrease in volume. It might be yeah. just hit like your main lift kind of hard. Right, right. And then like for me, like, like this is how I'm flexible in the <laughs> I'd be a, ter- I'm a, I'm a terrible client, but I'd be like, all right, I'm going to bench and then we do arms. <laughs> like, How many arms did you do? I did 50 seconds. Yeah. Like, cause that cheers me up. Yeah. You know, like I like doing arms. It is what it is. You can say what you want, but yeah. if you have like 12 inch arms, keep it to yourself. Yeah. You know? like, like it's just one of those things. Like I, I enjoy it. So like, if I don't feel good, yeah. like that's my go-to, like I'll do arms. And if I have a really bad week, I might do arms three times that week. Yeah. So and funny. I'll feel happy after every single one of them. Right. You know, right. like, so, but there's a, you know, like recently I wanted to lift heavy again mm-hmm. and I, I just, I don't feel great. So what did I do? I, I've adjusted my volume to be so low. Like I'm doing like three or four singles. Oh, okay. And, or like, you know, three sets of doubles. And then I just kind of do like two sets of like accessories of one thing and then two sets of another accessory and then I'm done. Yeah. So you're talking about like nine working sets. Yeah. And then I'm done and I call it a day and I feel good. The volume's super low. Yeah. But I can challenge myself and then I can be done. I think that's what I like about like, because you'll do that. Whereas sometimes for me, if I'm not feeling it, I just don't show up. You know, like I just won't go. But I've been more, I think it's because I have a plan. So if I can't execute the plan that's, you know, my program, then I'm just going to do it another day when I feel better. But then part of that is that. There's been several times where I don't get all the training sessions and, you know, and then I realize like, what is the end goal? Like I need to be a little bit more flexible and that might be dropping my percentage down or really kind of training at an RPE, even if it's not an RPE on my program. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think that's important. I think also if we're in the habit of doing something every day, so it could be like lately I've been doing yoga. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot. Yeah, I mean, I want you all to picture my husband doing yeah. yoga right now. <laughs> I do it. I do it at four in the morning. Yeah. Oh, um, on YouTube, I watch a YouTube video and I do it in my living room. Yoga by Adrian. Yeah, I hate it, but I committed to doing it, so I do it. And um, there's days I don't feel like doing it. And sometimes I get on there. It's a thirty minute session. And I'll do like twenty of the minutes, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, like, um, but yeah, like I, I think doing something every day makes it easier on the days when you don't want to do something. Cause you're just in the habit of doing something. Yeah, I agree. You know, that you'll go and do something yeah. like but when you like, and, and what I mean by doing something is sometimes that's a walk, right? You know, sometimes that's like yoga and it's not very intense. Cause I don't really, I suck at yoga. So yeah. I don't, when she's like, there's the advanced form. I don't even pay attention to that. Yeah. I'm like, I can be on my knees right now. I'm doing that one, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so like, um, the, for me, the yoga is a practice of breathing, yeah. you know? So I'm trying that, um, but, like, it might be walking. Maybe it's going outside and playing basketball. I picked up archery recently, and sometimes it's going outside and just shooting some arrows for me. Like, where my mind is focused on doing a task that's physical. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be physically overwhelming. And I think that's where people lose the, the idea of what training sometimes is. Like, maybe you don't feel great. Maybe it's a, make it a technique day. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It could be mentally overwhelming on perfecting your setup. Right. Like, what am I doing here? You know, like, do I feel tension through my legs and my bench press? Am I connected to the floor? Do I feel like I'm stuck in this bench? You know, like when, you know, like feel the movement as opposed to feeling the weight and, you know, tell your coach, like, Hey, this week was really rough. So, you know, can we modify it? And like, and 
most coaches are going to be like, hey, let's work with that. You know, like most coaches aren't going to be like, suck it up. And, yeah. you know, like now there might be times where you're like a couple weeks out from me, maybe you're peaking or something. Yeah. Like, hey, you got to suck it up. Yeah, now you got to suck it up. You know, <laughs> but like, I mean, if you're not really like, if you're just kind of in the middle of a cycle, you're not training for anything in particular, I don't know anybody out there who's going to be like, just deal with it. Yeah. You know, like, and if your coach is like that, like, just don't tell them. <laughs> but also remember why you hired them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like for real, the, um, no, uh, I just, but for real, when it comes down to it, like, like being flexible like yeah, that, I think is that's why I don't hire people because like part of me is like, I have a lot of injuries <laughs> and I, I like sometimes they're just worse than the other. I might wake up and be like, man, my shoulder's not letting me do anything right now. And so like, it's a leg day. And sometimes yeah. my knees don't let me do anything. And I'm like, sometimes my back is flared up and I'm like, I'm just doing cardio today. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so like understanding those and, and listening to your body and then also like, this is where it's very individual. It's like you're listening to your body, but like you have to be mentally aware enough to identify, are you just being lazy? Mm-hmm. You know, because once we, like this is why I don't like to tell people this is because sometimes once they hear that, you use it as justification. You said, oh, well, you said to take it easy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I also didn't tell you to be lazy. Right. You know, like everything about changing your body physically for the better is hard. There is no easy way outside of surgery to change your body. And even the recovery on some of the surgeries is brutal. So like there's no easy route to being in better shape. There's no easy route to put them putting on muscle. Good luck. It's super hard. You're over 40, even harder. Yeah. You know, like, so like, it just, so you have to judge for you. Are you being lazy? Are you just making excuses so you don't have to work hard or are you legitimately just tired? Yeah. You know, and, if you can sleep at night being like, I'm just being lazy as shit this week. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If it's your laziest shit all the time, then expect those results. You're going to get shitty results and you're not going to feel great. And you're going to probably blame your coach and jump to another program. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, like there's times I, like, I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, I'm just being lazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and that's the best thing I can do. Because once I realize that I'm just being lazy and that I do have the ability, the energy and the to go out and do something, I'll go out and do something, you know? Like, so I think that's important with, with, with you being your flexible. It's like, and all that is like, where are you truly mentally? Where are you in your own awareness mm-hmm. to tell yourself that story? Mm-hmm. And this is where I think sometimes people with social support can really receive a lot of help. There's a lot of people who don't have social support. So mm-hmm. it all comes down to like, no one's supporting them. No one's like, you know, there for them. And then all of a sudden they're like, I don't feel good. And there's really no one there to push them. Yeah. And maybe they, like, I've had people tell me, like, I just didn't want to let you down. I'm like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, you're not letting, like, like I feel bad when you let yourself down. Right. You know, like, because, like, let's be real, we're, we, you know, we cost a few dollars. Yeah. And I don't want people to, you know, I want people to get the most out of it. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I think, like, understanding that if you want to change your body, you have to work really hard. You have to make some sacrifices. Sometimes you can be lazy. Sometimes you can, you know, tone yeah. it down. But for the most part, you have to do what you committed to. And you just have to kind of suck it up. And if it's not enjoyable for you, find a method of training that is. Yeah. You know, because if it's enjoyable to you, odds are you're going to stick to it. Yeah. And don't like, and I'm not talking about like trend hopping, like commit, like give yourself 90 days to do something. Yeah. And, you know, if after 90 days you're like, man, I hate this shit. Do something else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would say that uh, with all these expectations that we're talking about today, I think the one thing, and I, I sort of 
put this at the end of what we're talking about was taking a look at the big picture, right? So for example, like you're talking about like enjoying the process of training, let's say powerlifting isn't it anymore. You know, like you started off powerlifting. I mean, you've done a lot of different training styles. Um, if your end goal, and this is something I've had to reevaluate with myself with bodybuilding was like my, my end goal was to be healthier because I wasn't living a healthy lifestyle, smoking, drinking, partying a lot. And I wanted to be able to be healthier inside because I was afraid of getting cancer, still am. Um, but if that's my real driving force and of why I'm continuing to do fitness, then taking a look at the big picture of everything is important. Like, you know, it's things that I see people do often is like, oh, I'm so bad. Like I ate that cookie today, but you negated that, that you ate your protein, you hit your protein marks, you ate vegetables all day. You even trained hard. Like those are the big pictures. You're, you're, you're on your way to that end goal, but it might not necessarily be picking at every little part of your life and every little thing that you do might not always be perfect. Um, but I think looking at a big picture, like, Hey, if you want to include fitness in your life somehow, that might not always be powerlifting and that's fine. It might not be right now. It might be later on in life, but finding what is important to you right now and what will keep you going in this case is I think important. Um, so yeah, looking at the big picture um, of what your end goal is, wouldn't you say? First off, I did not start my lifting career with powerlifting. I know. I didn't say you I, started I off it, with powerlifting. I started it with, I think, CrossFit. And then and you started when you were hella young, though. Yeah, but like when I got serious, it was men's fitness and CrossFit. They're like, what is this CrossFit? And I was like, you could do everything at once? That's the best. And then Staff Sergeant Gordon, when I was on my first deployment, was like, you want to be like men's health fit? He's like, girls don't even like abs. He's like, you want to look like your jailhouse strong. You want to look like you just got out of prison. <laughs> And I was did like, really say that? yeah, he did. And I remember he was huge. And I remember being like, yeah, I want to look like I just got out of prison. And he was like. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, 19. Okay. And so like, so and you look was, like a 19-year-old. Yeah, so he was like, was good at And so we just, we had like, he was a a mechanic. And the mechanics would weld us. Like we're like in a place that didn't have weights. So they would make us weights out of just metal and stuff. Wow. And we'd just be lifting. And he's like. You don't need more than six reps. <laughs> and I just remember being like, "This is awesome." I love it. I love heavy. I, I loved it. I just remember in my brain, like that's why I was like, "Abs are dumb." Like, just look swole. Yeah. Like, and it was only because in my brain, I was like, "That's what girls want." Yeah. Like a huge man. Um. Like, fortunately, it's what you wanted. So, yeah. Um, I'm not even huge, but uh, but yeah. No, see, I, so like that is important though. Like, like where does it fit in your life in the big picture? Yeah. Now, if your goal is to be on stage, to be like bodybuilding, those cookies might be a problem. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. like, but like I said, like before, like, like I, I, you know, like people want their wine at night. Now, as long as they're not delusional to believe that that's actually a health choice, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it. red wine. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I chose dark chocolate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I, I don't know how many times we've heard that in, in all yeah. of our. If you were like the antioxidants or whatever reason they decide to drink red wine for right. health it reasons, I'm like. What about, what about an orange or an apple? They have loaded with apples. Yeah. But well, see what happened was like, and understand the way that my kitchen setup yeah, is the uh... big picture. Is, like, is that wine that important to you? Right. You know, like sure, cool. Then drink your wine. Yeah. Understand your results. Yeah. Also, I think it's important when people like looking at the big picture is why are you training? Right. Like, what social norms are around you? Like, are you pressured because like maybe you don't have a body that you feel you should have? Like, an understanding that's an external motivator that isn't going to last. Yeah. 
Like it's it can create very negative feelings towards yourself. And, you know, I think about this a lot, like, especially because we have three daughters. Yeah. Like the message that is out there for women. And there are a lot of social norms that are really like pushed on women, especially young women to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think like understanding your training and the, the way you choose to lift like the best way for you. And that's easier said than done. But you might start out like that's a peer pressure. Maybe you're obese and you're like, man, people just keep giving me shit for being fat. Yeah. And you start lifting because you just want to be left alone. So you go like, hey, I'm, I'm working out. And people are like, oh, she's at least trying. Yeah. And you get that grief off your back. And then right. you find out something you like. And then you're you're all set. You know, like, sure, social norms can be one of those things that kind of get you started. They're normally not the best thing to keep you going, but they can get you started until you find something you like. You know, and like... Um, and, and, you know, understanding the choices you make, sometimes they're not even beyond, sometimes they're beyond your control. Yeah. So like there's things like, um, um, I think oh, I might be saying it wrong, but perceived behavior controls. So it's like things like you're not even aware of. Like, right. yes. so like if you're in the airport, do you take the escalator? Or do you take the steps? Mm. Do you even think about it? Yeah. Most people like, like the research shows obese people take the escalator. Mm. More fit people tend to take the steps. Mm. And maybe something you now think about. Now you're aware of that and you're like, oh shit, I always take the escalator. And you're like, well, do you roll your suitcase or do you carry your suitcase? You know, you're like, oh shit, maybe throw it on a backpack. Now you're a little mini rucksack. Yeah. You know, like, so like these are things that now you bring awareness. And I, 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 um, I've heard this quote so many times, but you know, awareness precedes change. You know, like you don't know what you don't know, but once you become aware of it, what choices did you make to make the change? Right. You know, like, so... I, and then how's that fit into your big picture? You know, like, you know, and so, so many, so, so many times it's fixing those small things that really do build up. They're just not sexy. Yeah. They're just not like, they're not going to grab Instagram attention. You know, yeah. Nobody wants to make an Instagram reel or story being like, so what I did was blah, 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 super <laughs> boring. They're like, no, what I did was I put this thing around my waist and it creates 100 times more sweat to specifically target fat loss in your midsection. Now I'm 100% a liar, but still, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, big picture. Yeah. So, um, also big picture. If anybody tells you they can spot target fat loss, they're lying to you. Just on that out. It's my little, <laughs> your use, little two yeah, cents. Yeah, <laughs> my little plug on fuck those people. I, I, I feel like anybody who's probably listening to this podcast, I'm sure they have heard it. I will say that, you know, we, we, we work with a lot of more general public who, are looking to lose weight. And I think that everybody wants to change something about their body. There's so many people that are not really hundred percent happy with their body. Um, so we are, encounter that a lot more. Um, but yes, it is kind of sad when totally side note, but like how, um, how much information is still circulating. That is like, there's just not enough knowledge, yeah. good knowledge going around. And it, and it really is hard to tell. Like you showed me a PhD person training an NFL athlete who didn't their clamps couldn't hold the weight and the weight fell off the side. Yeah. This PhD person, I'm not gonna say their name, is a clown. Yeah. Like, but they have PhD behind their name. So they must be smart. Yeah. But like that's not always the case. It and social media has made it really hard for people to distinguish What's a good trainer? Right. What's a what's a knowledgeable person on nutrition or information? Yeah. Just like graphics, if they look really good and like, things are easy to read, and especially in the fitness community, like there are so many people who go beyond their scope. Yeah. Like I don't know how many people like in the fitness community all of a sudden become psychiatrists. <laughs> I'm like, there's a whole profession for that. Yeah. Like, and you're like, no, I talk to people every day in the gym. I help them with their problems. I'm like. 
I'm not saying there's people who are committed as their life's work to doing that. Like you can be like, I can help with little things here and there to make it feel better. Yeah. You know, just like if someone's like got a a health issue for nutrition, it's beyond my scope. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've taken some nutrition courses, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but it doesn't make me a registered dietitian, you know, or a nutritionist. Like in the most general sense, sure. I can say I'm a nutritionist in the state of Alabama, you know, but like, I can help you with general stuff. So understanding like the scope of, and and the people you talk to, like if you came to me and said, Hey, I have this, I'll tell you my scope. I'll tell you what I can do. If someone tells you they can do everything, like I'd be really aware, like kind of like wary of that stuff. Like, you know, like like, maybe that's not the best person because like they're just, there's just so much information out there. Like, and the ability to refer out is huge. So if your coach doesn't want to refer out, doesn't know anybody to refer out to, and they think they know it all, like I would evaluate some of that. You know, like even stuff like, I don't know how many people have told me like their, their doctors, like give them information and like it's awful information, like understanding the scope, mm-hmm. you know, like I've, we've been told by some of our females, their doctor said women anatomically aren't capable of bench pressing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand how I don't that's understand a thing. That. Like I could be like, still telling yeah. people that it's 2021. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, just, I, I, I don't get it. You know, like they give nutrition information, but they've never taken a nutrition course. Like most medical programs don't have nutrition. Yeah. You know, like, not in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, so, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm like, just because someone's a doctor doesn't make them a pro. Right. Just because someone has abs doesn't mean they know how to get you abs. You know, like, so like, remember it's, a, it's an, it's an interview process when you're hiring a coach. Yeah. Just like it is like when I when someone when I'm meeting somebody, it's an interview. Do I want to train you? Yeah. Like, are you gonna listen to the feedback I provide? You know, like and it's not blindly following. It's not right. like do everything I say, ask questions, challenge me. But like, are you committed? And I think uh when we listened to AJ Roberts mm-hmm. and he talked about the warrior's path mm-hmm. and it's like how all the Disney stories are written. Yeah. I think for me, that's one of the things that resonated with me the most is like understanding like people are all talk. Like like think of every Disney story in the beginning, everybody's like it's the the coach isn't there until you're ready to take the first steps. Yeah, like you can be all talk, but when you're ready, you know your guide will appear. Yeah, and so like and they're just a guide. I can't lift the weights for people. I can't eat the foods for you. Like those are decisions and choices you have to make. So um, I think that's probably one of the most valuable things is like. Where are you in your journey? Don't waste the coach's time if you're not ready to train. You know, don't waste your time or money either. And then, like, you know, are you all talk right now? And if you are, that's okay. But when you're ready, go find, go spend the time, interview coaches, find somebody who's worth it, someone you connect with, someone who's skilled in the area you want to be better at. Yeah. Like, someone wants to power this, you go to you. You know, like, you, you spend all your time studying research. Or, like, you know, power of it, but lifting center coach, like, you know, uh, there's like if someone wanted to get better for the NFL, don't come to me. I'm not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not your dude. You know, so, um, so yeah. So just uh, so I don't rant at the end. I think um, I think it's important though. Like, yeah. where are you at in your journey? Are you ready? When you're ready, find the right person to fit with you, and then just be ready to embrace the suck because there are days that really are terrible, and uh, and you have to be able to get through those days so you can enjoy some of the some of the rewards of it all. <laughs> Well, babe, this has been great. It's been all right. <laughs> You're an amazing person. Uh. <laughs>